welcome to Neozaz.com's annual Halloween event, War of the Worlds Week for 2021. I am Matt, and this year we're going to kick things off with a long hidden gem that I've just recently found in this past year. Every year, there are new recordings of the War of the Worlds, nearly always performances of Howard Koch's script written for the Mercury Theater on the air, starring and directed by Orson Welles in 1938. We all know that story. We all know that performance. 2020 was especially notable for these performances. There were a lot of schools, community theaters, professional troops that performed that version of War of the Worlds via Zoom or some other streaming service during this pandemic and during the lockdown. It was almost a little too much of the same thing over and over this year, but that is actually something that falls on me for watching every single one I could find. So there's no one to blame for that but myself. And I will probably continue to do that looking for something new uh, in this story, some kind of new performance, a new take, a new interpretation. With that all being said, and using 2020 as kind of my focal point for all the different versions of War of the Worlds that I look for throughout the years, it's really strange that that year, 2020, I found a version of War of the Worlds that was recorded in 1987 for the first time, for the first time for me. I am not the one who discovered this, obviously, because I'm not the one to put it online. This is a version written and performed at Denver, Colorado's KHAL 6.30 a.m. as a tribute to the 1938 broadcast in their 49th anniversary. Not only is that an accurate number, it was the 49th anniversary, but it is a number that they point out themselves in the introduction of this show. That's a very interesting year to pick. It's one year shy of the 50th and one year shy of the much advertised, much reported on NPR recreation from 1988. I have no idea... If K-House 630 knew anything about that upcoming 50th anniversary broadcast, or if this is just a coincidence, I find it incredibly ironic that it came out one year before the very first version of War of the Worlds that I ever heard, which you've probably figured out by now was that 50th anniversary NPR broadcast. Also ironic in that I like this version more than that NPR version a lot more. Both are great. Don't get me wrong. But in my opinion, this one is better. And I am so Happy to have discovered it and so excited to share it today. Quick background on KHAL. This station began its broadcast life in 1925 as KFXF in Colorado Springs. In 1927, it moved to Denver and it remains there to this day. It went through two call letter changes, KVOD in 1934 and KHOW in 1958. And they're still broadcasting today under the ownership of iHeartMedia. Now, what I don't know, but intend to find out in the future is whether or not any of the personalities in this performance are still with KHAL. It's very possible. I just don't know as of this recording. What I do know is that this is a fantastic version of the story, particularly in the modernization of the Mercury Theater version. In fact, it is not too far from what we might hear today if someone were to do this on terrestrial radio again. I do have one technical note, as with all shows featuring copyrighted music, the songs in this version have been trimmed. In fact, they were trimmed when I found this. But of course, in this case, as in most cases with these versions, the music doesn't matter. The story, the updates, and the performances, those are the important parts to this piece. And that is what we're starting now. Here is K Howl 9030 AM's 1987 version of The War of the Worlds. Thank you. 
It was Halloween night, 49 years ago, that a small group of actors led by 23-year-old Orson Welles and known as the Mercury Theater crowded into the CBS studios to do another one of their weekly radio plays. That night it was a radio adaptation of an H.G. Wells novel about a Martian invasion entitled War of the Worlds. The man who wrote the radio play was a young contract writer for CBS named Howard Koch. It was just another radio broadcast. In the words of Orson Welles, it was the Mercury Theater's own version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo. The tinny voice of radio in its infancy reverberated in hysteria across the nation that night. Farmers stood ready with shotguns. People prayed. Telephone lines clogged. Thousands took to the streets to escape their own imagination. The Mercury Theater's Halloween prank worked better than even they had imagined. Today, radio has matured. We have instant global communication and a myriad of sophisticated news-gathering techniques. A Martian invasion would sound much different in 1987. KHOW Radio is pleased to pay a tribute to the Mercury Theater tonight by showing you what it would sound like. Please remember that one axiom holds true today as it did in 1938. You can't believe everything you hear on the radio. Ladies and gentlemen, K-House War of the Worlds, 1987. Treat night. Hey, I love it. 63 K H O W Little Credence Clearwater Revival, and we're a holland tonight. That bad old moon horizon, K holland, you know. There's a lot of folks are doing their trick or treating tonight. So when you're heading on home, as you probably are, getting ready to really enjoy your weekend in the West, be careful. The guy who's helping you do that is K-House Sky Spy, Don Martin. Don, what's going on here? On this traffic advisory, we're over the Central Valley, and we've got the usual uh, heavy Friday night traffic moving from 23rd Avenue north through the mousetrap. Once you get north of the mousetrap, you'll be in pretty good shape. want to remind you that it's dark earlier now that uh, daylight savings is over with, so be sure that you put some reflective tape or light clothing on those uh, ghouls and ghosts that you're sending out there tonight. Every year we have some kids hurt crossing the street trick-or-treating. We don't want yours to be among them, so be careful about that. We've got a rollover accident on Lincoln Avenue through the cut by the housing project east of I-25 going into Parker. Watch for Flight for Life uh, moving to that location They'll be landing at that scene shortly. And we've got a couple of other minor fender benders, but nothing that's going to cause you any major problems. Don Martin, K-House Sky Spy. All right, thanks a lot, Don. Kind of a cool evening ahead, so bundle up those little tykes when they're out trick-or-treating. I see Brad Bean of the K-House News Department sneaking in. Brad, what's going on here? Yeah, Murph, it seems scientists with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration have observed some sort of activity on the planet Mars. The light show was not visible to the naked eye, and early spectroscopic reports indicate that the bluish jet-like flames were mostly likely hydrogen gas explosions on the surface of the planet. Probably, Probably nothing a little roll aids wouldn't cure, right, Brad? Well, we'll have more details in the 7 o'clock news right here on KHOW. All right, thank you, sir. We'll keep you posted on that. 613 at KHOW. That big jackal down in the sky is Mars, I'm sure, just in time for Halloween. Now, 
Uh-oh, more trick-or-treaters at the door. Aren't we giving out Mars bars here? Weekend in the West on K-How 63. Huey Lewis and the News. Early in the morning, I'm still in bed. Doing it all for my baby. Sixty-three K H O W Huey Lewis and the news doing it all for you tonight, baby. That means trick or treating, dishes, the laundry, the whole thing. What a deal you've got for you! I see Brad Bean. The Cahill Newsroom was uh, sneaking back into the news tank following that story on this Mars thing. <laughs> got something going here, Brad. What's the deal? Uh, yeah, Murph, as we reported a few minutes ago, some unusual activity on the planet Mars was observed by scientists at the NOAA Observatory at approximately 5.58 Mountain Standard Time. Cahill's John Duane is at Gates Planetarium with CU Physics Professor Dr. Robert Pearson. Let's go to John for a live update. Brad, moments ago, NASA teletyped all large observatories across the country to keep an eye on the planet Mars, some gaseous explosions took place at somewhat regular intervals up there. Now, I'm inside the main observatory here at the Gates Planetarium. Dr. Pearson is on the platform with me here with the large telescope, of course. Although conditions are not at their best for viewing, they're really excited about this kind of thing. Uh, very little is known at this time. Uh, Dr. Pearson, perhaps you can piece together some of this for us. What are you seeing right now? Nothing unusual at the moment. Uh, a red disc swimming in a blue sea. The transverse stripes across the disk are very clear because Mars is at its closest point to the Earth. We call it in opposition. How do you account for these gas eruptions up there? It's too early to determine the cause. Nothing like this has ever been seen or observed before, not even with Voyager or the, its flights. Just how far is Mars from the Earth? About uh, 40 million miles. Well, that sounds like a pretty safe distance. John? Yes? Uh, I must interrupt you here in the KHOW News Center. Uh, KHOW's Alan Sledge is on the line with Public Service Company. Talking with Mark Siebert. So, Mark, we've had some calls here at the KHOW Newsroom uh, concerning a few power outages in the north end of the city. Can you tell us what you know? Yes, Alan. We've had a number of calls in our customer service inquiry center as well, and I've uh, just chatted with our dispatching center that watched the power outage situation. Apparently, we've got scattered outages in the north and the western part of the metro area. We first saw signs uh, immediately south of Boulder, uh, and then that's cropped into the uh, Broomfield-Westminster uh, area. At this time, we do have crews uh, dispatched to that center, uh, but we really don't know the cause of those outages at this time. Uh, I anticipate, however, the next half hour or so, we should get some word back from those crews we've sent out as to what the problems are. It's Mark Sieverts of the Public Service Company. We've had a few calls from the Westminster area and Thornton area, and now we've confirmed that a few of the power outages exist at this time. Well, the latest from UPI and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration is that a series of three explosions occurred on the planet Mars between 7.30 and 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 and 6 here in Colorado. There have now been numerous reports from KHOW listeners in uh, the Louisville, Lafayette, and Broomfield areas of a large, bright flash visible from what we can tell to be a 20-mile radius. Brad, uh, let me interrupt here. I've got a uh, listener on the line, Julie Pfeiffer. Hi, Julie. Where are you calling from now? Uh, I'm calling uh, out here from Cold Creek Canyon. You said you saw something rather unusual just a bit ago? Yeah, I sure did. Murph, I, I was in the kitchen, and I was doing the dishes, uh, looking out the window, and I saw a flash. I thought it was lightning at first, but it was more like flames, like something was dropping out of the sky. I think we had a meteorite, Murphy. I'm not sure, but I think so. Well, I appreciate you calling, Julie. Hang in there, and we're going to go back to Brad Bean now in the KHOW newsroom to update the situation as it's happening. Brad? Momentarily, we will hear from 
Craig Edwards in a Cahal mobile unit from the Weaver Farm, about five miles southwest of Rocky Flats, where there have been reports of a large flaming object suspected to be a meteorite. Chaos Don Martin, Sky Spy, just radioed that he's going to take off again from Centennial Airport and fly over the area. Brad, I've got Craig Edwards now uh, with us uh, in a Cahal mobile right, unit. Go ahead, Craig. Craig? Bill, I don't know if you can hear me. I don't have a monitor, but I am standing right on the edge of a Jim Weaver farm. I don't think this is a meteorite. It's cylindrical, yellowish-white, about 30 yards in diameter. The ground and the trees nearby are scarred, and the objects obviously created a very large pit. It must have struck with incredible impact. I have trouble getting in here. Apparently, a lot of people saw the flash, and they decided to investigate themselves. This is normally a pretty quiet area, but there is quite a crowd here. Police are trying to keep the crowd back now, and they've set up barricades along the perimeter. I spoke briefly with Jim Weaver. He's the owner of the farm, but I seem to have lost him in the crowd. Don Martin is circling the area. Don, Don, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, Craig, I can hear you just fine. I hope I'm uh, getting in okay. Uh, this is one of the most amazing sights that I've seen in 28 years of flying. I uh, just got word from the FAA uh, at Stapleton International and also from the Longmont Center that they have declared the airspace over this area restricted. So I'm going to have to get out of here real quick. But uh, as I look down, I can see hundreds of cars with their headlights turning toward that area behind you. And I can see some kind of a metallic object uh, on the ground there. And we're getting word from the authorities, please stay out of this area. They don't know whether there's radioactivity. They have no idea what is being generated in this area. We have Fairmont fire units on the scene. Boulder Rural has been called in on mutual aid. Uh, the Adams County Fire Departments are standing by in case they need more equipment. The trouble is right now, they're just not really sure what they're dealing with. The airspace is closed. They're shutting down the highways. But please, don't get in this area southwest of Rocky Flats till you hear at least more from us. We're live on the scene, both in the air and on the ground. We've got to get out of here because of the restricted airspace. So right now, Craig, I just can't believe what I'm looking at. Uh, Craig, I'm going to throw it back to you. Don, police are trying to keep the people back now from the area, but I've got Jim Weaver with me. Jim, what do you think of all of this? <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I, I was just uh, up there in the shed, and I heard them talking on the radio about some kind of thing going on in space or something like that. And I, th I thought it was a joke. I thought it was a, some kind of trick. Then you saw something? Yeah. Well, actually, I heard something first. It sounded sort of like one of them Fourth uh, of July rockets. It was uh, a hissing sound, like a, a tea kettle sound, and it seemed to be getting closer. What happened then? Well, I looked out the window, and I saw this big greenish streak. Uh, out the window and bang it just it hit on the uh, upper portion of my property up you can see right up there where it hit uh, knocked me right off my feet you're pretty scared then huh <laughs> yeah you bet i was i was scared i, I was kind of uh, uh i went to check with my wife sally and see if you know she saw it or she was okay and uh she everything was fine the dog is still hiding down under underneath the house there so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head back up uh, to the barn here. Now, what are your thoughts now, or just before you leave? Well, uh, just looking at this thing, I'm wondering how they're gonna drag it out of here. How they're gonna get it off my property? Good luck. Thanks, Mr. Weaver. If this could convey the atmosphere here, it's uh, one of curiosity, really, Don. Shadows of hundreds of people silhouetted by car lights and police flashers. 
I don't know if you can hear it, but there's a sound emanating from the object. I'm going to crank it a little bit closer here. Maybe you can hear it. You are listening to a radio play adapted from the script by Howard Koch from the novel War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. This is only a radio play, a dramatization. I'm about 20 feet away now, and the sound's starting to get a little louder. Can you hear it? Can you hear that? Bob Hoover's standing next to me from NASA. Bob, can you tell me a little bit about that noise? It's almost like a scraping sound. Uh, well, we believe that's being caused by the unequal cooling of the surface. Of... Bob, excuse me, does anybody really believe that this is a meteorite anymore? Well, uh, no one knows what to think at this point. Uh, some people have theorized that it's uh, sort of a piece of space junk from the Titan rocket launch a few days ago. I assure you, we have never sent anything up that looks like this. As far as the, the meteorite theory, a meteorite would be very rough from the friction uh, through the Earth's atmosphere. This object is smooth and cylindrical. I, I think we can pretty much rule that out. Just a moment. Something's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is incredible. The end of the thing's actually beginning to flake off. The top's rotating like a big screw. Get those people back. Craig, there's something in there. I can see something crawling out of the uh, hollow top of that metallic uh, object or device that you've been standing in front of that we've been trying to describe to the listening audience in earlier reports. There's something coming out of the top. I can see people on the ground running. Uh, they're probably, you can probably hear them yelling behind you as you stand there on that hill, and it appears to be a shadowy, well, I can't, it's not like human beings would look coming out of something. It's kind of a shadowy presence. It's gray. It's kind of snake-like. I can see it really looks weird in the hundreds of headlights of the cars that have encircled that object. Uh, more state troopers are coming up Highway 93 in the distance. The state troopers uh, have moved into that area. We understand the Colorado National Guard is also moving people toward that area. We don't know what kind of units they're sending, but something, Craig, is definitely coming out of the top of that uh, device behind you. Uh, Craig, maybe to be best, if you took it, I can't really tell. All I can see is something moving there. Can you tell better from the ground? I'm going to throw it back to you. Craig, go ahead and take it if you can. Dude, it looks like there's some kind of a tentacle, like, like octopus tentacles. They're stuck in a big mass, a, a body, I guess. It looks kind of wet and leathery. This is some kind of a creature. This is no meteoroid. Take my word for it. I can see an eye. No, no there's two eyes. They're black and gleaming. There's a V-shaped mouth. There's liquid. There's something drooling out of the corner. This is indescribable. The crowd's moved back. The Colorado State Patrol is running to establish a new perimeter. The creature seems to be struggling to move. It's slow motion. It's almost like it's molasses. Like it's weighted down in there somehow. I'm going to pull the microphone back. I'm, I'm gone. I'm going to a new location. This is Craig Edwards. Uh, this is Don Martin reporting again, and Craig, I'm back up over the area. As I told you earlier, the FAA restricted all the airspace here, and the reason I'm here, the reason I'm allowed to be here, is because I have Colonel John Dempsey in the airplane with me, the chief of the Colorado State Patrol. I landed at uh, Jefferson County Airport a few minutes ago, had to refuel, and he respectfully requested that maybe we could get him a look from the air. So he's with me, looking things over uh, with his binoculars as we fly over, and 
And what I'm seeing, uh, Craig, is that his people, the state troopers, have encircled the entire area. They've cordoned off the area. There is definitely something alive down there. As you've described, you can see the features better than we can from up here, but I'll tell you one thing. It is big, whatever it is, and it is definitely moving. Uh, I'm going to toss it back to you. I think, I'm not sure of your exact position on the ground, Craig, but I think you better be looking at your flanks pretty quick. Uh, go ahead and take it over. Don, I'm standing behind a stone wall near the edge of the Weaver Farm here just west of Rocky Flats. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A hunk shape's coming out of the pit. Apparently those police officers are trying to make some kind of a contact. They're walking over. There's, there's a whole beam of light against a mirror. Oh my God, a jet of flame is spread. My God, it hit the officers. They're in flame. Get behind the wall, the wall. The entire field's on fire. This thing's spreading flames all over the barn. The house, oh, please get these people out. I got to get on there. Are you guys hearing me okay? Guys, are you hearing me? God, I can't believe this. The whole place, the whole damn place just went up in fire. Every place. Craig Edwards, we, I think, uh, is dead. It looks like the fire just overran everybody, just blew out into everywhere. There were hundreds of cars with their headlights on. Uh, fields are flaming. I can see automobiles on fire burning people. Uh, flames coming off of their clothes, running from the scene. I, I can't get directly over it because of the terrible heat. Uh, it's like spreading. Warn them on the other side because it's spreading all over the area. I can't believe the size of this fire. It's a half a mile in diameter and it just keeps spreading as the explosion moves outward. Uh, Craig Edwards, uh, we're almost certain has lost his life. I don't know how anybody could live through that intense heat and the flames that are down there. Uh, control, are you reading me? Yes, reading Don. Me? All right, uh, am I getting on the air control? Uh, pull back, pull back, Don. I think uh, that would be the best thing to do right now. We're trying to piece this together here in the Kahau News Center. As you just heard, uh, some sort of flames have shot out of the object that's been sitting on that farm uh, field five miles southwest of Rocky Flats. And as incredible as it may seem, there are reports, as you heard Don say, of some sort of a large creature. And our reporter, Craig Edwards, along with numerous police officers and spectators, have apparently been killed. We are establishing a temporary command center here at the K-House studios. And with me on the phone, we just received a call from the press secretary of Governor Romer, Stephanie Jones. Uh, Stephanie? The governor has placed the counties of Jefferson, Boulder, Adams, Denver, and as far as Douglas County under martial law. All citizens are urged to stay out of the area within a 10-mile radius of the Rocky Flats nuclear weapons plant. You will be turned back. At this moment, the governor has ordered eight battalions of state militia and Colorado National Guard units into the area to assist with evacuation of homes within the range of military operations. Please remain calm. You will receive further instructions from our command post. So that is the latest word from the governor's office. As you heard, the governor urging citizens to stay out of the area. And obviously, it's just a matter of time now, perhaps before the governor has to mobilize the National Guard to get up there and try to restore calm to the area. Uh, Don Martin has the best view of the scene right now. Don has been flying around late in K-House Sky Spy to try to keep an eye on it for us. Don, what do you have? 
This is Don Martin again flying over the scene and some of the firefighters and rescue equipment from Boulder and Golden have made it to the edge of this inferno. The uh, creatures or whatever they are, that's the only thing I can call them at this stage. They've killed hundreds of people down there with whatever it is they're using that makes fire. I've never seen anything like that. You've seen Vietnam films of flamethrowers and, and the World War II films. This is incredible. Uh, it flames a half a mile long, shooting from something. Uh, the, the fields on fire around the area, automobiles burning, people, uh, bodies burned on the ground. We could see in the initial blast earlier, we could see uh, people running with all of their clothing in flames in the darkness from the air. It's one of the most horrible sights uh, that I've ever seen. They uh, do appear to be allowing rescue personnel from the fire departments and the paramedics to get into some of the bodies, and uh, they're fighting uh, to try to get the fire out before it spreads to the Rocky Flats plant. It's been extremely dry this fall. As everyone knows, the fire danger along the Rockies has been very, very hot. So they're worried that the fire is going to spread into the Rocky Flats plant. There's nothing but Highway 93 that will prevent it from doing that. Uh, we're trying to get more mobile units into the area. As you probably heard earlier, we believe that Craig Edwards of KL News lost his life trying to describe what's happening to you. Uh, right now, we understand that KL's Carla Wampler is in a military communications post outside of the perimeter. So we're going to go back to the ground and, uh, once more and see if we can uh, contact Carla. Carla, go ahead. Don, I'm here with Major Fred Raw of the Buckley Air National Guard, and we're trying to get any kind of information we can. I was coming back from dinner when I heard what was going on up here, but there's no way of getting any closer. Major Raw, is there any kind of scientific explanation you can give us at this time? I really can't give you an authoritative explanation at this point of the rocket cylinder or where it came from. Uh, as far as the destructive instrument, and this is purely conjecture on my part, uh, for want of a better term, it's some sort of heat ray, maybe a laser, and what we're dealing with is, is some sort of superior intelligence. In some way, they're able to generate intense heat, probably in a chamber of uh, superconductivity, and, and uh, they reflect it by means of that polished parabolic mirror. Again, I'm guessing, I just don't know enough. Well, Brad, that's the situation Carla? as it stands now from the military communications post outside of the perimeter. Carla? Carla, we have just been informed that the charred body of longtime KHOW newsman Craig Edwards has been positively identified at St. Anthony Central. Again, Craig Edwards' body has been positively identified at St. Anthony Central. I just can't believe this is happening. Uh, neither can I, uh, Brad. Uh, we just don't know what to say at the present time. Uh, here is a bulletin, though, we've just gotten in from Associated Press. The office of the director of the Red Cross has assigned emergency workers to the site from Colorado and Wyoming. If you've not been contacted, call your local dispatcher. I did talk to Don Martin in K-House Sky Spy just a few seconds ago. He's still in the air. Uh, he said the fires appear to be under control, appear to be under control right now, and that all is quiet within the pit. Uh, so at this time, there is no sign of life at the mouth of that cylinder. Let's hope it stays that way. You are listening to a radio play of War of the Worlds 1987 on KHOW Denver. This is only a dramatization. It is only a play. We will be able to get back to Don in just a moment, but right now, with me here in the KHOW News Center is KHOW's Vice President and General Manager, Steve Keeney. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, uh, we have established a command post here at the KHOW Studios at the request of Governor Romer. 
because of the gravity of the situation and, and the need to amass military and civilian personnel, KHAO will broadcast all necessary emergency communications. And we will continue to update you on further developments. And please stay in your homes unless you're directed to evacuate. We're getting more from Carla and Don at the Weaver Farm. Control to Mobile 3. Uh, Mobile 3, this is Control. Go ahead, please. Brad, full-scale military operations have begun here. I'm about a half a mile from the pit where the cylindrical object is. It is illuminated by searchlights, and through the smoke, I can see eight battalions of infantrymen from the Colorado National Guard. They have their heavy field pieces, and they're in full battle dress. The entire area has now been surrounded. Let's see if we can go to Don Martin and Sky Spy. Don, do you have a better view? Uh, Carla, I'm going to have to really scramble out. I'm getting a little bit low on fuel. As I told you, I landed earlier at uh, Jefferson County Airport and uh, picked up Chief John Dempsey of the State Patrol so that he could observe. The Air National Guard is on standby. Now they're moving in to the area, and the FAA radar controllers at Stapleton have requested now that I get out of the airspace. Uh, they're also bringing in air su uh, support. Huey helicopters, and uh, I'm not sure what other air support's coming in, but we're going to have to get out of here. As, as we turn around to start to leave the area, uh, the entire I-70 corridor is filled with headlights. It looks like a giant necklace only tonight. It's not pretty at all. Uh, it looks like thousands of people are trying to get out of the city, even though uh, no evacuation order has been issued, and that's really hindering the state uh, patrol people and the National Guard troops that are trying to get into this area to take care of the cylinder. I think they will be able to, with all of the equipment that they're mustering and the manpower that they're moving in here. We've got 2,000 men on the scene and more are on the way to the area. There's something coming up out of the top. Let me let me turn the wing around again. I've got to take one more look here. Something is coming up out of the top of the cylinder on the ground. Uh, there are searchlights in the trees. The searchlights are coming out of the cylinder. Carla, something's going on there. You better get out of there, Carly. It doesn't look good at all. And I can see uh, it appears, you probably can tell better, Carla, but I think they've opened fire on the ground, and something is trampling them, moving over the top of them. There come those huge, horrible flames again out of the cylinder. They're reaching into the sky hundreds of feet, and we've got to turn and bank out of here. The heat is really... Uh, control to Sky Spy. Sky Spy, do you read? Control to Mobile 3. Mobile 3, this is Control. Come in, Mobile 3. Well, we seem to have lost communication with Don Martin. We'll, of course, keep trying to reach him. Uh, we're awaiting, at this time, uh, some sort of special announcement from Washington. We are monitoring the networks, and, and believe me, we will get that to you as soon as it comes down. But uh, first, here's uh, K-House Alan Sledge on the phone now with Public Service Company. Those power outages seem to be getting worse. We have Mark Sieverts on the phone from Public Service Company. Mark, can you update us as to what's going on with you folks? We don't know a lot more now, Alan. I did talk to our computer control center just a few minutes ago, and those folks are extremely concerned. Apparently, uh, we've had reports of major explosions uh, up uh, south of over in the Rocky Flats area that are causing the power fluctuations. We're losing power, able to restore it at times, and then we lose it uh, again. We have major problems with the entire northern area. That's now dipping almost into the northern uh, boundaries of the actual Denver City and County area. We, we have all available crews working on this problem, and we don't know at this time how soon we can uh, get things restored or if we can. Mark, do you have uh, any fear that this uh, power uh, outage may spread across the entire metro area? Certainly we have that uh, domino effect that could occur and we are holding steady at this point in time where some of our southern substations are dramatically picking up that load so that we don't have problems about the entire metro area. I don't know how long, however, those substations can handle the load with the northern part uh, going down so rapidly. 
Mark Sievers from Public Service Company. Thank you for speaking with us. We'll be in touch again soon, I'm sure. Okay, thank you very much, Alan. And we've just heard a report from a ham radio operator in the foothills west of Denver, up where that uh, creature was spotted. There apparently are no survivors from that explosion, that burst of fire, whatever you want to call it. So what was conjecture earlier now seems to be a reality. Uh, the strange beings that landed at Weaver's Farm tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from Mars. Uh, we assume from Mars. Uh, the ham radio operator reports that those not trampled to death by the huge metal feet of this creature have been burned by some sort of a heat ray. And he reports that Don Martin's plane was literally swiped from the air by the heat ray and that the wreckage was scattered and burning in an area about a mile from the farm. We assume that it would be Don Martin's plane. We would hope not, but we assume the worst. And we also fear we've lost Carla, too. And as we uh, had earlier reported, it looks like Craig Edwards with the KO News Center also has been lost. There were something like 2,000 men out there. At last report, the monster was heading east toward the city. And uh, Rocky Flats, is, uh, as far as we know, is engulfed in flames. Emergency crews say there is a danger of a small release of plutonium. The plant is engulfed in flames and is under full emergency procedures. There is a possibility of radiation contamination off-site. The public should stay tuned to this station for an update on this situation at Rocky Flats. Uh, ham spotters right now, Brad, are reporting the creatures now at the mousetrap and the overpass is falling onto the highway below, if you can believe that. Most of the northwest suburbs are reporting great destruction. Uh, we've lost... Oh, oh, I'm, sorry, yes. I'm sorry to interrupt, really. This is, uh, Hal and uh, Charlie have walked into the studio. You guys uh, have been outside. Eh? Yes, have you seen just, anything? Uh, do you have any information about Green Mountain? I've got, I've got to get up and see my family. Do you have anything at all, any information at yeah. all about what's really, going on? Really, really, Hal, I can't, I can't answer those well, what, questions what about, right now. We what just about don't Hamden? know. Is there a way to... Is Hamden I, I open? I do not know about Can Hampton. I, I don't got, know got right it. now. Got well, what about Denver, uh, Denver proper, like downtown Denver? Uh, we don't know about downtown Denver yet. We haven't heard any reports about any damage down there. But okay. I, you know. uh, well, jeez, uh, I don't know. What, uh, how are you going to take off? I'm gone. All right, Hal's out of here. We, okay. we really don't know right now. To, uh, we can't answer questions like that. You know, we, we, we haven't heard what's going on. One thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, you can check the bomb shelter right now. We may have to go down there. Make bomb sure shelters? What we bomb shelter? We got a bomb we have shelter, a bomb in, shelter in the basement of this building. Uh, there is a board down there. We may have to go down there. Uh, you might check it for uh, for uh, sea rations and water and that kind of thing. Make sure we've got enough down there. Where to is it? I didn't even know we had go one. Go out the back stairway. It's the back, the back stairway, stairway downstairs? Yes. Yes. He's the hell out of me. Down. All right, I'll go down there. Okay. I didn't even know we had one. Thanks. Uh, Helen Charlie dropping in, uh, obviously in shock about what's going on. Uh, we are getting reports that uh, Arvada and Wheat Ridge are, are still okay. We're getting some uh, scanner reports from there, but only a few police cars are able to get back, and their dispatch centers are no longer responding. You are listening to a radio play adapted from the script by Howard Koch from the novel War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. This is only a radio play, a dramatization. Communications to the entire north area of the city have been cut off. From what KHOWS can tell right now, from Boulder through parts of Aurora, all major freeways, Interstate 25, US 6, 40, of course I-70 East, and especially westbound 70, clogged just at a total standstill. Police and Army Reserves are unable to contain the, the, the people trying to get out of the city. It's a mad flight. Reports from Colorado State Patrol are indicating that people are abandoning their cars and just getting out and running. Stapleton, of course, is closed. There are thousands of stranded, panicked travelers. At this time, martial law has been declared for all of Colorado.
I am Major Dale Wallace from the Buckley Air National Guard Base. In accordance with instructions from the Governor's Office, the Colorado Air National Guard 140th Tactical Unit Fighting Wing is now on their way to active duty. They were dispensed into active duty because of the major disaster at Rocky Flats Nuclear Weapons Plant. All personnel have been mobilized. Further instructions will follow. And Brad, we are getting the report from the truck stop at I-70 and Ward Road that semis have been literally picked up and scattered across the highway. I don't know exactly how long we've had this report, but at any rate, it looks like mayhem out there and destruction. Uh, the areas around the stockyards in North Denver and the refineries north of I-70 are all reported on fire, uh, but no crews can get into them to, to uh, put them out due to some traffic congestion. Now, we have Randy Lynch, one of our scanner monitors, on the phone with us. He's been listening to some of these emergency transmissions. And, Randy, what have you got? One ham spotter reports a farmer out east says that one cylinder has landed out there as well as one cylinder, a third one, has been spotted on the Arsenal property north of Stapleton Airport. We've been monitoring transmissions from Buckley Air National Guard Base, and they are going to dispatch five A-7 jet fighters to head to the mousetrap. You are listening to a radio play of War of the Worlds 1987 on KHOW Denver. This is only a dramatization. It is only a play. Okay, thank you, Randy. And we're just getting this bulletin. Actually, it's a flash from the Associated Press, and it doesn't look good. Let me read it to you. Cities across America are reportedly being attacked by creatures from outer space. Reports are coming in from New York, L.A., Washington, Houston, Miami, Boston, and, of course, Denver. All the cities are reporting destruction from huge creatures climbing out of gigantic cylinders that fell from space. Other cities like Rochester, Austin, and Seattle also report cylinders in their area. President Reagan is preparing an address from the White House, and Secretary of Defense Casper Weinberger is expected to mobilize the National Guard. Uh, and then there's something about the Army here, and then it looks like we've lost the transmission. Uh, we were getting ready to carry that address from President Reagan. Brad, have we, uh, have we got contact with our network right now? Phil, I don't know what is going on right now. We have a couple of technicians on it, but there is absolutely no reason or no understanding right now of where we've lost the network. It's dead. We, don't have, it. we have no mutual. We have mo no mutual network. In fact, the wire services are down, both the United Press and Associated Press wires. I don't know if it's local. I'll, you'll notice some of the emergency lights are on in the building, but we're getting nothing out of Washington. We are isolated and absolutely no input from anywhere else. And I have to tell you, Brad, as you were talking, I looked out the window, and you can actually see a huge fireball, this orange glow coming from the north, uh, looking right out the newsroom window. And Hello? Hello, 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 hello. This thing on? Hell, I wouldn't know if it's on or not. Should have learned to run my own board years ago. What is this? Turn this on over. Hello? Hello? I don't know. Tell you what I'm going to do. If you can hear me, I'm just going to keep talking. I think this board is on. I'm, I'm not even sure. Uh, it looks about 200 years old. Looks like it came from the Petroleum Club downtown. Uh, I'm glad at least we're not down there anymore. I guess all of downtown is gone. I don't even know if this is on the air. Uh, 
Look, if you're listening at all, if there's anybody out there, um, I guess I'm the lucky one. I'm, at least I'm still alive. I've looked around down here. Uh, I didn't even know this place was here. Uh, there are sea rations, a lot of sea rations. Kind of silly, there aren't any records. I think a radio station would have records. Of course, with my luck, it'd be uh, Boy George. No Frank Sinatra records, that's for sure. Anyway, like I said, I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, hopefully, somebody can hear me out there. Frank Sinatra. It's funny you should think of Frank Sinatra at a time like that. wonder if he survived. All the power, all the juice. Because it doesn't make much difference in a situation like this. Well, I'm going to keep talking, and hopefully there's somebody alive that can hear me. For all I know, I could be the last, the last man alive. <laughs> Boy, that tick a lot of people off, wouldn't it? Charlie Martin is the man who survived all this. Wonder if Hal made it up to Green Mountain. Hal, Linda's kids. If you can make it down here, like I said, there are a lot of sea rations and things. You know where the Chaos Studios are, or used to be. It's down in like a sub-basement. Like I said, there's sea rations, there's spam, there's crackers, there's water, there's a water supply. Not enough cigarettes, unfortunately. Uh, hold on, hold on. I, I thought I heard something. Hold on, wait a minute. No. I guess all I'm hearing is myself. Anyway, there's food down here, there's water. What's this? There's a, there's a first aid kit. <laughs> this isn't exactly a band-aid situation, I guess. You know what's in this first aid kit? It's kind of stupid. There's a, it's a thing of deodorant. Like body odor is a big problem now, I guess. I wonder if they attack America or the whole world. They just attacked America. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm it. Huh? Maybe I survived. Pretty stupid, isn't it? Me. <laughs> what good could I do for anybody? If I get out of here, where do I go? What do I do? Where do I go? Canada? If there is a Canada. Mexico? I always hated Mexico. Like I said, I'm going to keep talking. I, I think this is on. I hope somebody can hear me. I really, I can't believe what's happened. I remember listening to Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, you know. Heard it a lot of times. Guess we all have. If there are any wees out there left. Never really thought it would happen. You know, I never really thought that there was life beyond Earth. But apparently, apparently there is. And they're here. Hell, I went to a movie. It's a suspect.
with Cher. <laughs> Another one of my favorites. Wouldn't it be funny if Cher and I were the last two people left on Earth? After all the horrible things I've said about her over the years. Cher, if you're listening, uh, I got some spam, I got some crackers, I got some deodorant. You know, I keep thinking this is a dream, but it's not. Sometimes I think, like, Mike Wallace is going to come through the door, you know, or Alan Funt. Tell me this is all a big joke. Or at least ask me a lot of embarrassing questions while I'm babbling on about this. I hate to keep repeating this, but if anybody can hear me, I'm just going to keep talking. I hope somebody can hear me. I've told you what's down here. There's no TV. No records. No radio. <laughs> huh. One pack of cigarettes. Like I brought these with me. Well. 42 years old, I guess it's time I quit smoking. <clears throat> this isn't exactly the clinic I had in mind. So here I am. No TV, no radio, no records. Probably 16 cigarettes left. Talking into a microphone to maybe nobody. It's kind of silly that it all ended this way. You don't expect your friends and your family and And those close to you to die, I guess. Sure as hell don't expect them all to die at once. Like I said, it would be ironic if I'm the last one left. <laughs> that would tick off a lot of people. So hello out there. As far as I know, I'm it. I hope that's not true. God, it's lonely. Maybe it's lonely in the world, huh? Like I said, the OK House Studios, which are gone, this is in like a sub-sub-basement. You can make your way here. Beat on the door. If you're human. Oh, I'm starting to hear things. Wait, I did hear something. Hold on. Is there, is there somebody out there? H Hello? H is there somebody at the door? <laughs> it's a cat. Little black cat. A kitten. What in the world are you doing down here? <laughs> Mice? Well, pal, I guess it's you and me. It's another irony.
I never liked cats either. Well, at least you won't want to share my cigarettes. Hold on, pal. I'll, uh... I'll get you some water. Because offhand, I'd say you and I are going to be together for, uh... for a long, long time. Can anybody hear me? Is there anybody to hear me? So that kicks off our War of the Worlds week for 2021, and I hope you enjoyed that as much as I do. Still can't believe it's taken this long to find this version, but absolutely better late than never in this case. War of the Worlds week continues tomorrow, and if you are new to this event, this is year number six, and there are five past years to catch up on at newsaz.com and the podcast feed called Everything War of the Worlds on all popular podcast aggregators. That is it for this episode. I will be back tomorrow. Until then, thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Music